on the travel guys. In the travel news, did Delta Airlines actually offer $10,000 to get people to give up their seats? And Holland America Cruise Line is offering selected cruises without a vaccination requirement. Those stories and more next in the news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we have a quick reminder of airline summer travel tips. Mark recaps his trip to Oregon last week with some great ideas if you're headed in that direction or any direction during the busy, busy summer season. Chris Elliott is a syndicated travel columnist, a writer for both Forbes and USA Today, and a friend of the Travel Guys. He's currently in Paris. And starting at 335, we talked to Chris about a variety of subjects and get his opinion on when airfares might start to fall, the return of hotel services like a real breakfast, and even get an update on his travels in Europe. Another show packed with information to help you make, make help make you a smarter and happier traveler. Welcome to today's edition of The Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. I'm on my fabulous high-quality telephone as we're having some minor technical difficulties. But, hey, we're travel guys. We can broadcast from a cardboard tube, whatever. (laughs) But because we have information to make you a smarter traveler, nonetheless, It'll still be wonderful. Mark, how you doing? And welcome back. Uh, I know you've been back for a, a few days. Uh, I, I know our listeners are going to be anxious to hear about your uh, your visit to uh, to the Northwest, one of your favorite places to go with a, with a group of travelers. Uh, glad you got back safe. Uh, how was your How was it? Uh, it was. We had a tremendous uh, a tremendously large amount of fun. I'm going to talk about it. A little bit later in our Smarter Traveler segment with some some things that I observed along the way. But I'll just say this. If you haven't already, if you're thinking about a road trip and you haven't figured out a destination yet, you could do a lot worse than, than Oregon. The folks up there were just so friendly, and it, it felt as close to normal as I've as I've noticed on the road over the last uh, couple of years. So it was... It was truly a pleasure to get out on the road up in Oregon. The weather was, shall I say, pretty cool around Newport. It was about 60 degrees for, for three days. And when you've when you've been through a lot of hundreds and you know more are coming, why 60 degrees is pretty darn good. Well, that's, that's great to know. I'm, uh, by the way, connected back to the radio station. I'm a little out of sync, but other than that, uh, I'll tell you, that's uh, such a fabulous place to go, and you've been going there for such a long Know your way around, and uh, uh, we're really looking forward to uh, getting a chance to hear more about it on the 
on the back side of the show here. All right, you know, at the top of every Travel Guy show, and we have a lot to cover, we bring you up to date on what's going on in the travel news. Mark, what you got for us here on this uh, July 3rd? By the way, a happy 4th of July weekend. Uh, <laughs> be safe out there, my friends. Well, it looks, Tom, like the uh, the horrendous 4th of July travel weekend that everyone predicted has not materialized yet. Um, I was on a flight coming out of Portland Airport on Friday evening into Sacramento. All was really quiet in Portland. Of course, that has to do with how many flights are going out at a particular time when you're there. Got to Sacramento. It was a little bit busier, but still very civilized. Uh, yesterday, number of cancellations and delays basically lined up with a typical summer Saturday. Um, so far today, up until at least noon Eastern time, same thing. Um, while there are cancellations and delays, guess what? There are cancellations and delays every day in the skies. So uh, today, so far, and yesterday have not been all that much different. So at least I'm, I'm sure that doesn't work for the people who whose flight has been canceled or delayed. But for most people, they are dodging the bullet this weekend, and things are pretty much operating the way they're supposed to. Um, Delta Airlines, it appears, on Friday evening in Grand Rapids, it from everything that we can that I can find, it appears that a number of people have reported this. Delta hasn't confirmed it yet, but apparently, on a flight from Grand Rapids to Minneapolis, they were overbooked by eight passengers. Delta offered passengers almost ten thousand dollars a piece. To give up their seat, um, it was not a, a apparently a cre- travel credit. It was cash. Um, they were able to get eight people. Delta Airlines recently changed their what we can give up, what agents are allowed to give up to get people off an airplane, um, up to $9,950 as a limit. So it appears as wow. though agents in Grand Rapids – Use that uh, compensate the hefty compensation offer, and people got off the airplane. One gentleman who was traveling with a party of six people said he would have taken it, but by the time they realized what was going on, um, some folks had already gotten off the plane and they didn't. He his entire party wasn't needed. But anyway, Delta Airlines apparently um, offered folks almost ten thousand dollars a seat. Can you believe that, Tom? That's a lot of money. That is. That's that's crazy talk. And, of course, you know, it's going to be banging around in people's heads for a while, thinking that, well, gee, I wonder if that might uh, might happen to me. You know, I would take half that. Uh, what should I do? What are we going to do? Let's let's give that a break. You know, I don't know. That was very, very unusual. Uh, here again, the story was all over the news. But as you pointed out, you know, it's just a little sketchy, I guess, until we can actually talk to the people that uh, – that got the cash, we really don't know what happened. That's that's it. But one gentleman commented that uh, he was willing to get up and get off the plane, but by the time uh, that happened, they were down to it. They only needed one p- person, and he said, I just couldn't leave my wife behind. <laughs> um, so apparently <laughs> well, we found out every, everybody has their their price. Um, in the headlines, I said that Colin American Line had dropped a vaccination requirement for select sailings. That isn't quite right. What the Holland America has done is they have removed pre-cruise COVID testing requirements for passengers boarding select sailings this summer. You will no longer need to test negative for the virus prior to sailing, but you will still need to have uh, your vaccination and also having had 
a booster shot in order to be able to get on board. But you will not have to test for selected Holland America cruise uh, departures going forward. You will not have to have pre-cruise testing. So, and of course, we've we've gotten out of the testing to get back into the United States part of things. So, slowly but surely, a little bit of normalcy seems to be returning. Uh, tourism spending in Hawaii has increased fairly dramatically by about 20%. Doesn't surprise me a whole lot because I would say hotels, attractions, meals, things like that are all up yeah, roughly 20%. So that's where your tourism, your increase in tourism spending comes. Ironically enough, the number of visitors in Hawaii so far this summer is roughly equivalent to the number of visitors in 2019, perhaps even slightly lower. I think the reason that people are talking about how crowded and how busy things are is because, again, most companies are operating shorthanded. So there are still lines. It's still hard to get into places and stuff like that. I think that gives people perhaps the illusion that there are more people there than may have been there in the past. Amtrak says they have ordered 50 new locomotives, American-manufactured locomotives, to enhance the sustainability and longevity of its national rail network. This comes after they ordered uh, 75 new locomotives in 2018. So Amtrak is adding to their network. Very good, as long as they can keep them on the track and not on their side. Exactly. Uh, Let's see here. Los Angeles has declared daily hotel room cleaning a standard practice. The Los Angeles City Council approved a new ordinance that says that daily room cleanings are standard practice for hotels within the Los Angeles city limits. That's really kind of interesting. I wonder if other cities will follow Los Angeles's lead there. Airbnb has made a ban on parties permanent um, for all of their uh, for all of their rental properties. Uh, Airbnb says that after they put in a temporary ban in some locations last year, that the number of complaints and large parties dropped. So, if you are thinking that you're going to rent an Airbnb and throw a big party, perhaps not. They have said, however, that homes that are that have capacities of up to 16 people can be booked to full capacity. So if you're having just looking like to have a dinner party or something civilized, why it's looking like that can still happen, but maybe not having uh, the entire neighborhood or the entire world over. We've talked a little bit about Venice uh, charging a fee to enter their city. The fact that they put it off this year, they are going to start next year, starting on January the 16th. Um, you will pay for to come up into a minimum three euro minimum up to 10 euros. The amount you pay will vary according to the number of visitors. The more requests for entry, the higher the cost. The goal is not to close the city, but to get people to book their presence to reduce tourist peaks. Tourism officials in Venice says Venice is a living city and it has to stay that way. I doubt this will be the last city to come up with this sort of a plan. Uh, Tom, you mentioned Amtrak trains staying upright instead of on their sides. Um, I'm hoping at TravelGuysRadio.com we have a link to this. Um, A Boy Scout troop was on the Amtrak train that turned over between uh, St. Louis and Chicago last week. And it turns out that the Boy Scout troop is being given a lot of credit for helping people who were injured or helping them get out of the train, um, just taking care of a whole lot of folks 
So on the way back, this was a Boy Scout troop from from Wisconsin, from Appleton, Wisconsin, who did a really good job under some really tough circumstances. So kudos to the Boy Scouts from uh, Wisconsin for helping out in that Amtrak situation last week. And Thomas, that is your travel news for today. All right. Yeah, I saw uh, saw a little uh, television interview with uh, with the Boy Scouts. Uh, I could tell they were pretty proud to be be able to help out. Uh, it was interesting that they didn't even hesitate to immediately uh, try to you know comfort people and uh, and help them get off the train. It was a very cool story. Building a better Sacramento. KFBK Sacramento's News Radio. Hey there, my friends. Welcome. It's uh, Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Don't forget now, links to our special guests and lots of stuff to make you a smarter traveler and entertain you at TravelGuysRadio.com, including podcasts of uh, past programs and a place to go if you'd like to ask the Travel Guys a uh, travel question. In fact, Mark... uh, Next week, we're going to take uh, mailbag time. Isn't that right? We are. We are. We're going to dig into the mailbag and answer a bunch of travel questions. So if you have something that you have a question about, you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com and uh, very easily send us your question, and perhaps we will answer it on the air. Thomas, um, before we get into uh, making folks a smarter traveler, I want to share something that happened to me in Portland on uh, Friday evening that I think is worthy of mentioning to other folks. I had inadvertently given uh, my assistant tour director, well, not inadvertently, but uh, I'm still a little bit hobbled with one fixed hip and one bad one, so going through security, I gave one of my bags to my assistant to take through, and I have TSA pre-check, so I don't have to take electronics out of my bag. He doesn't. He had the bag with my laptop in it, so when he went through security, they flagged it and said, uh, hey, there's something in here we got to take a look at. They took the, oh, no. that took the laptop out of the bag, sent the bag and the laptop separately back through security. They put the laptop in one of the little bins and sent it back through. I saw all of this because I was standing adjacent to the, um, uh, to the belt where the trays come back out through. So they put it back through, and I'm standing there. My assistant's standing there waiting for it to come out, and I'm standing not too far from him. And we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and the case for the computer comes through, but the computer is not with it. And, uh, of course, in the meantime, other passengers are clearing that lane, and they're picking up their stuff and going on, and several people had picked up laptops. And uh, so ours was not there. So we very quickly got the attention of the TSA people, who didn't seem all that tremendously concerned, and said, hey, you know, this laptop is not here. And after about 30 seconds of them acting like they really didn't give a damn, I was like, hey, um, the laptop is gone. It's not here. You guys put it through, and it's not here. Turns out um, we we went through a couple minutes of semi-panic before a gentleman walked back and said, hey, I've got two computers. I picked mine up, and my wife picked one up, and one of these is not ours. So um, it happened so quickly. We were right there watching things happen, and it still got away from us. So the point wow. of all of this is... When you take your electronics out and go through security, keep an eye on them. And if something has to go back through security, be it electronics or a bag or whatever, 
stand there and keep an eye on it, be able to eyeball stuff, because even though this was really done in our presence, the TSA people did nothing wrong. The guy who claimed the who picked it up inadvertently, I mean, he really didn't do anything wrong. He has a surface exactly the same as mine. So him and his wife both picked up what they thought was his piece of equipment, and it, and it wasn't. Fortunately, he caught it. He came back right away. Otherwise, it could have been a disaster. My wisdom to you is if you're going through security and something has to go back through or even you put it through the first time, don't go wandering off until you make sure that you've got all of your stuff back because once it leaves that area, it's pretty hard in a busy airport to be able to find folks. So anyways, just wow. words of All right. Well, words yeah, of there you go. That great, great tip. Uh, it can happen that quickly. Yeah. And it here was, again, uh, you know, scary kudos to the guy that. I would imagine kudos to the guy that uh, that discovered it quickly and brought it back. Yeah, much uh, many many thanks to him. Listen, I wanted to talk for a minute, Tom, about we were up in southern Oregon, up in southern Oregon, up in northern Oregon this week, and central Oregon really had a great time. Uh, we landed in Portland, made our way over to Astoria, spent a night there, three nights in Newport, and then a night back in uh, the Eugene area. A couple things I just wanted to suggest to folks: we were very lucky um, doing business with a lot of folks who I've done business with for many years, and they were very kind to us. Everything went pretty much the way it was supposed to, which is a nice change from being on the road earlier this year when it was all kind of just catch as catch can. Um, To folks who are traveling, if you're headed up to Oregon or even if you're not, Newport, Oregon is really a great destination on the coach. On the coast, it's a pretty good-sized city. There are lots of accommodations. There are a number of hotels down by the waterfront. We like the Elizabeth Street Inn uh, ourselves, which is one of the slightly pricier properties. But every single room in that hotel has a head-on view of the ocean. They're all slightly oversized rooms, so it's really a nice spot to be able to hang out. Um, not too many restaurants within walking distance there, so if you have a vehicle with you, that's a good thing. Um, otherwise, the Nye Beach area is about six, seven blocks away. You could walk over there, uh, but having a car would, would help you there. If you're in Newport, um, there's an aquarium there. If you have an opportunity once a week, they do a behind-the-scenes tour. They did a special one for us, but the public can buy these tours once a week on their the uh, Oregon Aquarium's website. I highly recommend the behind-the-scenes tour. We got up in person, close and personal with an octopus, um, jellyfish, eels, all kinds of things. We learned all kinds of things that we would never have learned if we had just been visitors to the aquarium. So the Oregon Aquarium in Newport, the behind-the-scenes tour is well worth the investment. Also, there's a cruise out of Newport Harbor. Uh, Marine Discovery Tours does a two-hour cruise that really is highly educational, a lot of fun. They've been doing it a long time. Um, so that's something that you'll want to reserve in advance. It's not a particularly large boat. only holds about uh, 60 or so people for each trip. So make sure that you reserve in advance. But that's something that's a couple hours long. They drop crab pots. They put uh, things under the microscope. It's more than just cruising by and Looking at the waterfront, front, something that I would really highly, highly recommend. If you make it to New, to Tillamook along the way, Blue Heron Cheese Company is an excellent place uh, right across from the Tillamook Cheese Factory. It's a great place for lunch and uh, also to do a little shopping and the like. And if you, when you get inland, 
around Eugene and Cottage Grove. Um, the Cottage Grove area has a number of covered bridges. We did a tour where we were able to have lunch uh, on a covered bridge, a catered lunch, and then visit a bunch of the bridges. Uh, the lunch part wouldn't be there for you as an individual traveler, but there are a bunch of covered bridges in and around the Cottage Grove area. Well worth taking an afternoon. A lot of history there um, and a lot of fun. So I, that's something else that I would, would highly recommend if you're headed up to Oregon. And again, um, if you're going on the road, in the air, whatever it is, remember the early bird gets the worm. Um, get up and get going early in the day. You'll get the parking spaces. You'll get dinner reservations and stuff like that much easier if you're willing to dine at 530 in the evening uh, rather than it's at your normal 7 o'clock. So get up and go early, and that'll make things better and keep Oregon in mind as a destination. A lot of good folks there, a lot of beautiful little towns along the coast, and we had a great time. I bet. You know, I've stayed uh, on your recommendation at the Elizabeth Street uh, Inn, and then as Mark pointed out, all it's kind of unique. I mean, you don't see a hotel where one side of the hotel does not have any rooms or face the street. Uh, it's just all the rooms face the ocean. Uh, sliding doors, you can leave it ajar and uh, go to bed with the sound of the ocean uh, in the background. It's really, really cool and and certainly worth every penny. Well, I'm glad you guys had a great time, Mark, uh, and I'm glad the Elizabeth Street Inn survived the uh, the the you know the, the pandemic and is is doing well. Okay, well, coming up here on the Travel Guys, we have back with us Christopher Elliott, one of our favorite guests. Christopher is a syndicated travel columnist for both Forbes and U.S. Today. Travel and Entertainment Guys with you. Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Remember now our special guests' links to them can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. And uh, it's time once again to hook up with one of our favorite guests, Chris Elliott, consumer advocate, globetrotter, traveler of everywhere, nationally syndicated guy, and, uh, you know, he's a day away. It's our, In fact, he's our, it's already tomorrow. Where Chris is, which might make you realize that this particular interview is pre-recorded, and so uh, here it is, uh, ten o'clock at night. And what time is it there, Chris, in uh, in Paris? It's seven a.m. right now. Wow, nice of you to get up uh, early in the morning and and talk to us, Christopher. Um, you guys have been you and your two boys have been uh, globe trotting since we last spoke to you. You're on an entirely different con- uh, continent. I wanted to talk to you about a couple of nuts and bolts things, and then you have, I think, some breaking news that has to do a little bit about airlines, and I also want to talk to you a little bit about where you've been since the last time that, we've, uh, that we talked to each other. So, travel. Much has been written uh, by you and by others about travel being an absolute mess for the rest of the summer. We're in the middle of the 4th of July weekend. So far, there haven't been any particular huge blow-ups yet, but there have been a lot of cancellations, a lot of delays, as the airlines still try to work through things. Your thoughts on travel for the next eight weeks, and when does this situation get better, or or does it? Ah, uh, yes. The worst is yet to come, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. But I've looked at the numbers and I've talked to people who forecast airline delays. They actually do that. 
And they say that this is actually a pretty good weekend compared to what is to come. And uh, the reasons are complicated, but uh, it has to do with capacity, airline capacity and capacity utilization. And uh, right now we're kind of at at a good spot. So all these delays and cancellations that you see this weekend and you're hearing people breathlessly report about in the media, it's nothing compared to what's about to happen. Unfortunately, we're not going to see things get better until the end of the summer, probably in late August, early September. Do you think they will get better, Chris, because uh, because the economy goes into a little bit of a tailspin and people cut back on travel to people? Have they have they made up for their lost years of travel and they're willing to quit hitting the road? What causes what, what ultimately is going to be the cause of a slowdown in travel demand? I think it's mainly just everyone's going back to school and everyone's going back to work. People really want to travel and they're not letting anything get in the way of traveling right now. Uh, the economy, they're just shrugging it all off and they're going to heck with it. I haven't been anywhere in two years, so I'm I'm going. Um, and also, the thing is about summer vacations is that most of the, at least airline and hotel reservations, were made in April and May. And back then, we weren't so sure about the recession or if we were going to have a recession. And, you know, we still are not 100% sure if we're going to have a recession or if it's just going to be a little bit of a weak spot in the economy. So uh, people have already made their plans. They're sticking to their plans. Everyone is going somewhere. Now, the interesting thing is that if you look at the latest predictions from AAA for the 4th of July weekend, they're noting that it's going to be a record for uh, car travel and that air travel will be really strong now. But this is going to be the biggest weekend, the biggest 4th of July weekend ever for people taking road trips. Despite $5 a gallon gas, we still are driving everywhere, uh, and and even though we're you know we, we see all these airline delays and we, we like to talk about those, we're still very much spending time on the road this summer. You talk about five dollar a gallon gas, and all I can tell you is those of us on the West Coast, having been to Oregon, Washington, and of course living in California. Um, over the last few weeks, $5 would be a welcome sight, wouldn't it, Tom? Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you're right there. I saw a sign that said five ninety five. I just about drove off the road. I go, my, oh, my God. It's, it, look, it's a five. It's amazing yeah. how how, uh, how conditioned we become uh, that seeing a six is, is the norm and a five is, is shocking. So uh, it, we were strange creatures. Uh, Metropolitan Portland, Metropolitan Seattle, five seventy-five ish. Um, on the coast of Oregon, in smaller towns, uh, interestingly enough, um, gas was closer to five dollars, five and a five and a quarter, five fifteen, five and a quarter, something like that. But if you're on the West Coast, uh, you're not escaping that that five dollar plus sort of thing. Doesn't surprise me though. Chris, because from a relative standpoint, while gas is incredibly expensive, air travel has become completely ridiculous. I mean, tickets that were $400, if you're choosing to travel on a Monday, Friday, or a Sunday on a peak day, or sometimes even on a non-peak day, a $400 ticket from last year is an $800 ticket now, or a $1,000 ticket now. And so... uh, I can see where if you had a family of four, you would quickly look at that and say, well, the gas prices are ridiculous, but and the hotel prices have gone up dramatically. But the airfare, we just frankly cannot afford, especially if there's any type of 
economic uncertainty coming down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, domestic airfares are at an all time high right now. But um, as I note in my Elliott Confidential newsletter last weekend, they're starting to come down, actually. And the reason why is demand is starting starting to taper off. We've had, you know, a lot of high demand for uh, June and July and into August. But now airlines are starting to price their fares for September and October. And uh, those are typically times of less, uh, you know, people are not traveling as much and um, less demand. And so there are bargains. I think that by the end of the summer, we will start to see some fare sales maybe even. And on on international uh, tickets, prices are also starting to come down a little bit. They're still very high. But I just wanted to say one thing. When you were talking about everything being relative, I thought you were going to talk about uh, gas prices overseas, you know, and I'm in France right now. And if they put if, if we had five dollar a gallon gas, people would be lining up around the block to get the gas because it is so much more. I mean, in some countries, it's nine, ten dollars per gallon. Um, and uh, so we actually have it still pretty good in the States. Interesting. <laughs> it's 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 all relative. Chris, you it's mentioned um, your <laughs> you mentioned your website uh, briefly there. Let's take a second here and just do a, a short commercial before we continue with the nuts and bolts of our interview here. Chris is a, a consumer advocate, has a website um, which has several dimensions now. Chris, uh, in a nutshell, tell us a little bit about what Elliot.org offers. Yeah, uh, Elliot.org, which is E-L-L-I-O-T-T dot O-R-G, is my consumer advocacy website, and we fix people's uh, problems, whether they're travel problems or any other consumer problems. We have, uh, we just did a really interesting Samsung case with an oven that didn't work. And so if you have a problem with any consumer product or service and you can't fix it alone, let us know. Just go to Elliot.org forward slash help. Fill out that form and one of us will get back to you. It'll probably be me, especially at this time of night. And then, um, you know, the other site that I mentioned was Elliot Confidential. And that's ElliotConfidential.com with two L's and two T's. And that is uh, my consumer newsletter where I talk about things like uh, airfares and whether they're going to go up or down. And we have a really cool podcast there, too, that we do every week. We did one yesterday on we did the Tour de Baguette of Paris. And we had so much fun going out and buying baguettes and tasting them. So and you don't have to pay anything for that. That's a free podcast. So if you want to go listen to that, I think you'll have a lot of fun. <laughs> Excellent. And we will put links to both of those uh, to both of those websites at TravelGuysRadio.com. Chris, uh, speaking of consumer problems, uh, hotels, uh, hotel service, hotel prices are, are ridiculous. Hotel service is still not back to pre-COVID levels. There are some indications that it may not come back to that. Um, I was just on, a ro- on the road at a very nice hotel in Oregon where the standard now is housekeeping every three days unless you specifically request uh, something else um, where uh, breakfasts uh, are not back to what they were in most hotels. Um, Two things that to me are fairly important in a hotel, getting fed reasonably decently and having a clean room and reasonably decent service. Are we are we stuck with is the hotel history change because COVID changed this forever? No, I don't think so. I think that what's going on right now is that the hotels just can't find enough staff to service the rooms. And so they're making up an excuse. They're saying, well, for your own safety, we're just not going to clean your room 
every night, every night we're just, or every day we're, we'll just do it once every couple of days or unless you request it, which no one ever has the time to do. But the, the truth of the matter is that they can't find enough people. You know, uh, last year I was driving through Boston and I always love talking to general managers when I stay at hotels. So I, I checked in at a holiday inn and I said, you know, is your GM there? And she said, yeah, let me go get him. And she found him. He was actually changing uh, sheets in uh, on, on some beds. He was turning a room because there were not enough people to do it. So the GM was actually servicing the rooms. And that's the situation a lot of hotels find themselves in, are finding themselves in, is that they just can't get enough people to do the work. Now, that is going to change uh, because... Uh, we're heading into a time, I think, of more economic uncertainty. People will need the jobs, and so they'll be able to fill these jobs. Um, but it's going to take some time. And then in terms of the other services, I think you're absolutely correct. Breakfast, something like that. Again, uh, hotels are looking at any way they can cut costs. And one way is by not offering breakfast or offering, you know, I'm sure you've seen this, where everything is wrapped in plastic for your own safety. So you have uh-huh. bananas that are wrapped in plastic or apples that are wrapped in plastic. I think that's going to all change, too, because people will not put up with it. Let's hope so. Let's hope so, because I hear from my travelers firsthand. They understood and they were OK with it for a while. But mm-hmm. to your comment, yeah, they're they're kind of they're kind of tired of it. They're, they're tired of the lack of housekeeping. Uh, when, when they came back to the room a year ago and the room wasn't cleaned and someone said, oh, they're short on housekeepers because of COVID, everybody said, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But now people are saying, yeah, well, you know, the rate's $100 more than it was a couple of years ago. So, um, and if you remember, Chris, remember the hotels had this little uh, scheme beforehand, before COVID, that if you didn't want housekeeping and you told us ahead of time, we'll give you some extra points. Mm-hmm. in your oh, yeah. account or an extra amenity of some kind that wasn't of great value, but something that just acknowledged that, hey, you saved us a few bucks. So you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. All of those things are completely gone, of course. Yeah. And you know now, and I'm working on a story about this now for the Washington Post, is that they a lot of hotels now have cleaning fees. So they're just adding those. It's like a resort fee. They're adding cleaning fees to your bill, uh, whether you need your, ho- your hotel room cleaned or not. And um, that's really... Uh, unconscionable, especially in, you know, some hotels where they add another resort fee to. We've talked about that plenty on your program, but that's going to be an interesting story when I'm done with that. First half of Chris's interview. We'll have the second half in just a moment. I just want to say at this point, Tom, the first time a hotel tries to add a cleaning fee to my bill, you'll probably hear about it no matter where you are because I will go ballistic. I mean, that is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. And if that happens, um, it will, I, I just I can't even imagine. Anyways, second half of the Chris Elliott interview. Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys. And as we promised, we're going to bring you now the second half of our interview with consumer advocate Chris Elliott. Uh, he's going to talk about something that's uh, coming out in his newest column that uh, comes out today. Let's uh, continue that interview with uh, consumer advocate Chris Elliott. You mentioned before we started the interview, Chris, that you were working on a story involving the airlines and who has stood out this summer. Um, share a little bit of that with us. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, one of our readers said, uh, you know, it's all fine that you're reporting on this uh, on these airline delays and cancellations. But which airlines are the worst? And I thought, oh, I have no idea. Uh-huh. So I looked into it. And it turns out you can look up that information online. Um, there are places that, that actually report it. 
And um, so I crunched the numbers. And can you guys guess which airline has the most cancellations in uh, May and in June? So the last two months, which is really the, the start of the summer travel season. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Mark, you want to go first? Um, I, You know, Southwest has been on the top of the heap. Ratings wise for a long time, but they really have had a tough time lately. So I'm I'm gonna that's my my wild card guess. I'd say Southwest maybe. You know, I, all right. It, it seems like uh, whenever I turn the TV on, the the Delta seems to be getting a lot of bad press. So I'm going Delta. Okay. So you guys are half right. It turns out that that Southwest has the most delays of of all the airlines. It has quite a few delays. Almost 30% of its flights in May and June were delayed. Um, the nice thing about Southwest, though, is its average delay was only about half an hour, whereas the other uh, major carriers, their average delay was more like one whole hour. Uh, so if you were delayed on Southwest, it probably wasn't for a very long time. But the most cancellations went to American Airlines. American, American Airlines had almost, it had more than 3% of its flights canceled in wow. May and June, which is uh, well above the average. The average is somewhere around 2%. So it's, uh, if you, if you want to have a cancellation, fly on American Airlines. And if you want to delay, fly on Southwest. Well, and to your point, if the delay is only 20 or 30 minutes, then people are going to be a lot more understanding yeah. than the plane not going at all. Or 20 or 30 minutes, you're probably likely to still make a connection someplace as opposed to you get into an hour situation, uh, in many cases, a connection is, is going to be lost. Chris, you and your two sons have been tramping all around uh, not only Europe, but, gosh, the continent. We left you in Africa. I know you went to Greece. Um, seems like you might have been in Italy for a little while. Is that it possible? You're in Paris <laughs> now. Give our listeners a, a couple of high points, things you've run into, things you wish you'd missed, things you wish you'd had more time for. Oh, Wow. That's a lot to talk about. Well, uh, we are on an around-the-world tour. I like to call it our vision quest, um, uh, our walkabout. The boys are in graduate school right now, and but they're taking all their classes online. And, uh, and I'm reporting what I see, so this is all for, for work for me. We started in the Azores in Portugal, and so we've worked our way around through the Middle East, through Africa, and then back up through Turkey. Our last stop was Greece. So we were in Athens for an entire month, and now we're in Paris for the month. And uh, I have to say, Paris is great. If you listen to our bread podcast, you'll you'll hear we're just really enjoying this place. Even though it's hot and it's overcrowded with American tourists, it still is Paris. The food is wonderful. The ambiance, the people are nice. They're much nicer than I remember them from previous visits. I think they're very happy to see all the tourists back. But it's just really, really nice. Wait, your 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 bread your bread broadcast, right? So we we went to three iconic Paris uh, boulangeries and we we tested their baguettes. And uh, this happened on Friday morning. We went and went, and then we came back and and in our studio we went tested them. Well, when I say studio, I mean it's in our living room here, basically. It's a studio, and we just had a blast <laughs> doing it. I mean, th- this is such a fun city, so much culture. And of course, the food is amazing. Anything else that stands out in your in your recent journey? 
Oh, you know, um, what I'm shocked by really is how quickly everything went back to normal. You know, we were in Greece and that, the, the mask requirements were done, I think, June 1st. And as soon as that went away, everything went back to the way it was before COVID. No one was wearing masks. It was, it just felt like it was completely over. And I know that in the U.S. it's not that way in some places, but at least here and in Paris as well, it's, you just, you don't see any masks. Everyone is acting like this thing never happened. And that's, I'm a little worried about that, frankly, because if there's another Omicron strain, um, it's going to just tear right through this place. But at the, at the same time, I'm, I'm really relieved that it finally does feel like it's over. And it's it's similar. It's similar here, Chris, I would say um, in airports and on planes, eh, probably 25 percent of folks are masking in the air here on the on the West Coast, at least that probably in the heartland it's probably the numbers are probably lower than that. Uh, but on the West Coast, I'd say it's probably 25 percent or so. But yes, by and large, it's completely over. You do see a few small shops. Um, you know, proprietor owner type thing where people where there's a sign on the door that says, please, you know, please wear a mask in our store. We're a very small business or something like that or people who have been particularly hit by it. But, yeah, it's it's the same thing here. It's basically over and it does give one pause to think what happens if it comes back with people not being uh, really of the mind or the attitude to pay much attention to it. Why it, it could be it really could be a problem. Yeah, well, here here uh, we're heading into the the Fourth of July is uh, you know uh, tomorrow uh, by Travel Guys Sunday Show Day, uh, and uh, we'll know in a couple of weeks because everybody is out to having a good a good time, and and the Fourth of July is being celebrated just like it was before uh, COVID began. So uh, we'll see how things pan out in a few weeks, but I'm thinking I I'm thinking it'll be okay. I don't want to wish anybody any any tourism business ill will, but there are some of us who would love to see about 20 percent fewer people um, demanding the same products, restaurants <laughs> and hotels and things like that. Everybody is shorthanded. And if there was just a little bit pre- less pressure of fewer people showing up every day, it's fun to make the money. But at this point, I think everybody would like to go take a nap. Anyways, uh, Chris. <laughs> Thank you for getting out of bed very early in the morning uh, in Paris and um, and allowing the teenagers to sleep through our, our interview. I really appreciate the generosity of your time. We will post links to Chris's two websites, his consumer website, and where you can find more information on Elliot Confidential um, at TravelGuysRadio.com. And Chris, uh, keep up the good work. I'll, we'll follow you on the road and talk to you again before too long. All right. Thanks, guys. Chris is, Tom, you know, of all the people out there, the most generous with his time of anybody. Special thanks to him. We got to get out of here quickly, so I'll just say dance like nobody's watching. See you next week, my friends, right here on The Travel Guys. 